by thanking Bob for the invitation uh, to be here this morning. Uh, as he said, we became friends 20 years ago. It was, I guess we would have been in our first semester this time 20 years ago. And so now that we're in November, our minds had probably been appropriately disassembled as we were making our way through those first subjects in, in seminary. And so I'm very thankful for uh, Bob's friendship and for his ministry here. And I also just want to say a word of, of thanks to you as a congregation. Uh, you know, this past week, the BGAV had their annual meeting uh, here in Richmond, and it's always a good reminder to me of what it means to be family, uh, to come together with strong convictions about the way in which God is leading us forth as churches individually, but also collectively as the Baptist General Association of Virginia. And we do have over 1,400 churches uh, that come together for a shared mission. And I want to thank you uh, for being part of that mission. You have always been a leader in our association in the way that you support the shared mission, in the way that you give of your time, and also of your money. And we're very appreciative of all that you do to, to make us better. And we hope that in the sense of a true partnership that we also make you better uh, because we do share that journey together. So thank you for being part of the BGAV. You know, it was, it was over 300 years ago that a, a shipload of people landed on the northeast coast of America. The first year they established a township the second year, they elected government local officials. And then in the third year, those elected officials made the decision to build a road five miles westward out into the wilderness. And then in the fourth year, the townspeople attempted to impeach all of those elected officials for wasting their money. Because who needed to build a road five miles westward out into the wilderness. I find it interesting that a group of people who had the vision and faith to see 3,000 miles across an ocean and all of the tremendous obstacles that they had to overcome in less than five years, they could not see five miles outside of their township. Where was their vision? Where was their faith? Think back with me just 40 years to 1975 and some of the, the innovation and visionary aspects that were taking place across the globe. And it was 40 years ago that two friends, both named Steve, one with the last name Wozniak and one with the last name Jobs, began doing some computer design that ultimately led to the Apple I prototype. It was 40 years ago that Margaret Thatcher was elected as the first woman leader of the conservative branch of the British Parliament. It's also 40 years ago that the U.S. and the Soviet Union put together their space programs and linked up the Apollo, and the Soviet version in outer space. It was also 40 years ago that Disneyland opened Space Mountain. So if we're to 
fast forward half of that time, 20 years, to the year 2035. And if people were to look back to this year of 2015, I wonder what some of the innovations will be that they'll point to. When they point back to Richmond, when they point back to Virginia, when they point back to the United States, what will be the evidence of our faithfulness? What will be the evidence of our innovation? What will they point to and say, wow, look at what they did. Look at their faith. When we think about what it means to move forward in faith, what exactly does that mean? Oftentimes when we want to encourage people, we say, keep the faith. And while there is meaning in expressing that hopefulness, what is it exactly that we're expressing? Is faith defined by a set of beliefs, by defined doctrine? Or is it more than that? What does it mean this morning to say, keep the faith to our brothers and sisters in Paris? What does it mean to say, keep the faith to the Fur family in Waynesboro, whose 10-year-old daughter just started her second round of chemotherapy? What does it mean to move forward in faith? I remember several years ago, my sister, my older sister, called me and told me that her husband was going to lose his job. He had been a financial controller for a construction company that had gotten taken in by, by the recession and the downturn in, in our economy. And she said that they're downsizing and that it, they're probably going to close soon. And sure enough, after 20 years in, in the same town, in the same company, he lost his job. She told me that she had called all three of her adult children, the youngest whom at that time was a junior in college. And she said to her children, this is a time in life where we actually have to live our faith. Where we don't just talk about it, but we live it. And then she said to me, she said, David, I believe and trust that God is going to provide. But you know my personality. I'd really appreciate it if he would just go ahead and tell me how. And we laughed. But also realizing that most of us have that perspective when it comes to life, when it comes to our faith. That conversation has stuck with me, and I find it so informative for the scripture passage that we're going to share this morning. It is but one verse that we're going to read, but it stands at the beginning of a very important chapter that we're going to also discuss. It's the 11th chapter of Hebrews, the first verse. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now the author of Hebrews is writing to Jewish converts to the Christian faith. Now he wanted them to maintain their heritage 
who they had been. So if you were to read the rest of the 11th chapter, you would see that it's the who's who of the Jewish faith. There's mentions of Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, Jacob. So the author wants to connect them to their forefathers, to the foremothers of their faith. He wants them to remain connected to their heritage because they are beginning to openly wonder and openly question if this Christian faith, if this Jesus person that they have come to know and to have faith in, if that really is the way forward. Many of them are beginning to wonder, should we go back and practice to the way it used to be? And so the author of Hebrews is saying, no, no, this is about moving forward in faith with Jesus Christ. It's not about about looking backward. It's not about what has been. It's about moving forward. You know, life can be so funny because we live it moving forward, but it's always best understood when we look backwards. You know, we, we have those moments in life when we can pause and reflect and see those seminal moments where God was present in such a way. Do you have those occasions in life where you look back and you see that crossroad, you see that decision, you see that uncertainty? And now that you look back, you can see, ah, I see God's handiwork. Henry Blackaby calls those spiritual markers. Those occasions when we look back in life, and while we didn't know it, a flag was planted because of the decisions that we made and because of the way that God was in the midst of that. You know, when we're going through life, when we're going through it forward, and and sometimes we're stumbling and we're bumbling and we're not exactly sure what's going on and we're grasping and we're reaching, you know, and we grab hold of something so that, so that we can be steady, so that we can gain sure footing. Not sure if it's a spiritual marker or not, but we grab hold of it. Because faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we cannot see. But faith is not limited to those important and big decisions in life. Probably one of the most important decisions Paul and I ever made was indeed to to leave North Carolina, to quit jobs, sell our home, to follow God to Virginia in pursuit of this vocational ministry calling. That was completely and solely based upon faith because it made no sense in any other realm of life. But faith isn't confined to those big decisions. Where to go to college? Who to marry? Do I take this job? Is it time to move? How do I deal with this medical diagnosis? Faith is always a part of those big decisions, but it's not limited to those. When we claim to be people of faith, what what we are communicating, part of what we're saying is faith is going to be the lens through which I view life. 
Faith is going to be the perspective with which I move forward because God is calling me forward in faith. You know, God is not calling me forward within a particular uh, political party. God is not calling me forward within a particular investment strategy. God is not calling me forth in judgment of who's in and who's not. You know, God is certainly not calling me forward in fear. God is calling us forward in faith. And the author of Hebrews wants his good friends to know that that's how God would lead each of us forward. And so for us, what does that mean? What does it mean for us to move forward in faith? Well, there are a few things that that I want to share with you that I believe will help us understand how we move forward in faith. The first one of these is want to. You've got to have a little want to if you're going to move forward. You know, you've got to have a desire to to take that step and to move forward. You know, do you know people who are are always stuck in the past? You know, that that they live life through the rearview mirror, that all of their best days and everything that's been wonderful in their life took place back here. Now, it's always great to look back. It's always nice to, to, to reminisce. But we can't live life looking back. We have to have some want to if we're going to move forward. You know, and Scripture gives us so many examples of what it means to have some want to to move forward. And also, what happens if we don't have that want to to move forward? You know, there's a story uh, in Genesis about two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, do you remember the story? You know, God is just put out with what's going on in these two cities. And he decides that, that he's going to destroy it. He just, he needs to start over in those places. And so he's in conversation with Abraham, and he tells Abraham what's going to happen. And, and Abraham negotiates on behalf of the city. He wants to believe that there are some people there worth saving, you know. And, and, and finally, Abraham says, look, you know, my, my nephew Lot is in Sodom and Gomorrah and his family. And God says, okay, they can get out. So God sends an angel, tells Lot and his family, says, God's getting ready to destroy this place. You need to leave now. But as you leave, you leave it behind and you do not look back. So they're leaving Sodom and Gomorrah, and then God rains down fire. And you remember what Lot's wife did? She looked back. And she instantly became a pillar of salt. Because she was more interested in keeping an eye on where she'd been than having to want to move forward we've got to have the want to you can have people around you who encourage you you can only live for so long off of the spiritual adrenaline of someone else but your faith is your faith and you've got to have the want to to move forward 
Second thing you need is direction. Now, does anybody remember back in the dark ages before we had these um, little computers that we held in our hand? Do, do you remember how you got from point A to point B if you were in a place you were unfamiliar with? You remember what those things were called? Maps? Yeah, and, and young people that actually printed them on paper. You know, you put them in your glove box. You called AAA and they did the, the, the trip tick for you and gave you all the maps. Or you stopped at a service station and, and asked somebody. It was those maps b before we got the, the GPS and the you, you know, thing that, that sat on your dash. And that's even old school now, you know, because now we have iPhones with, with Google Maps on them. And they tell us how to get from, from point A to, to point B. But you know what's interesting about faith? Is God provides a lot of direction. But he doesn't always provide the destination. So it's important to have the direction. You know, and if you were to read again through this 11th chapter, they would mention Abraham and his faith. And what's being referred to is in Genesis chapter 12. I want to share these verses with you. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. The Lord had said to Abram, he hadn't yet changed his name, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I'll make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and all the people they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. And they arrived there. This is what I like to refer to as God being specifically vague. God was specific in that he said, go. He was vague in saying, I'll let you know when you get to the place where I want you to go. And this happens time and time again in Scripture. I mean, think about it. This is where Noah was when God said, build the boat. Noah's like, boat? This is where Abram was when he said, go. Okay. This is where Moses was when he said, go back and get my people and bring them out. And Moses has to be thinking, and do what with them? There's time and time again where God is specifically vague. And that's why part of moving forward in faith is knowing direction. Without destination. What might be happening in, in your life where you sense some direction, but because there's not a destination, you're a bit hesitant? Moving forward in faith requires want to, 
it requires direction. And it requires one final thing. You've got to take the step. from the lion's head. Indiana Jones had plenty of want to in his life. Had plenty of direction. And then he had to have the faith to take that final step. A step that would forever change he and his father's life. What's so interesting about the heroes of our faith, the forefathers and foremothers that are mentioned in here, is none of them set out to be an example. None of them set out with the idea of this is going to be written about and used to encourage others. It was just a natural expression of who they were. And who God called them to be. My hope and prayer. Is that for each of us. Regardless of where we are on the journey. Or if it's even a journey. You've yet to begin. That we'll each walk out of here today. With a little bit of want to. 
sense of direction and a willingness to take the step. Let's pray. God, indeed, we give you thanks and praise for who you are in our lives, for the way that you encourage, the way that you sustain, the way that you provide direction, and the way that you promise to be with us each and every day. My prayer is that individually, that collectively, we can be people who move forward in faith, ready to embrace the desire and call that you place on each of our lives. May we leave this place today called forward to be the people you have called us to be. First in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. And to sing our closing song, it is a time for each person here to make a decision. There may be those of you who wish to make those decisions publicly, perhaps to profess faith in Jesus Christ, follow him into the waters of baptism, or perhaps you want to share the journey of faith here at Huguenot Road Baptist Church. You want to become a member. Uh, your pastor, Bob, will be here to greet you. My hope, though, is that for each of us, as we sing, will be occasion to think about how God is calling us forth, forward in faith. Would you stand, please?